Welcome to Folk and Beyond with Air Stephen for a journey into contemporary folk music from all over the planet. You know, New Orleans infect music. It reconstitutionalizes it. I'm not trying to be no job nicety sucker, but I'll tell you what, it matters a difference. Can you dig it? Yeah, you're right. This is a night trip with Dr. John. You done entered another. Wait a oh, I'm sorry. Okay, here, take two over <laughs> that bay. Doing good already. Hey, now, this is Dr. the night trip with Dr. Let me see what I'll say that, Sean. Don't start off. Take it, Sean. We got all kinds of take. Two hours. No, no. We got no, more no. take we got time. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This is Dr. John, the night trip. You done entered. The delicate balance of the another zone. Right here on 91.1 FM, the sound choice of Central Virginia, WTJU Charlottesville. Listening to Chopin's Black Key Etude that has been reduced for the left hand only by Leopold Godofsky and played by the left hand of Art Wheeler. Makes you wonder what's the right hand doing? This is Air Stephen. Please join me for a very special edition of Folk and Beyond this Thursday evening from 5 to 7 p.m. as I welcome the return of what some have called the most versatile musician in the world, the Charlottesville enigma, Art Wheeler. This edition will take us to the beyond that only art can lead us to, and Mr. Wheeler will be bringing with him a virtual who's who of Charlottesville's top shelf musicians, Steve Kessler on piano, Pete Spar on bass, John Durth on trumpet, and Jeff Decker on tenor sax. Well known as a keyboard virtuoso, the tattered Demelian hyper sesquipedalian will be debuting groundbreaking harmonica solos and explore music that includes some of the many other instruments that this most versatile virtuoso lays it down with. Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. right here on 91.1 FM, WTJU, Charlottesville. You be the judge of the claim, the most versatile musician in the world. I've got plenty of time for a little nappy, nappy, nap before I dash across the finish, 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 finish line. He'll be a week just getting to where I am now. Hey, hey old man, tell, tell me a little bedtime story. Art Wheeler in studio and a host of Who's Who of Charlottesville Musicians coming up for you right here on The Sound Choice in Central Virginia, WTJU. Charlottesville. I'm Air Stephen. This is Folk and Beyond, an edition that we will definitely be going to the beyond side of the folk. We're going to intro our introduction of the enigma that is known as Art Wheeler with an acronym song. It's Art's original acronym called ARTSO, the five letters that represent six movements, the repetition of which is necessary to master the gymnastics of playing the piano. In ARTSO, we're remembering that repetition perfect repetition yields intuition and fruition. So here it is, Art So. (laughs) 
and somebody with Art Wheeler's stature needs the introduction of the band. The band playing behind in one of the formats that Art is known to do, which is a gospel. You can see him at different churches playing, just ripping the gospel, making them stand up and holler and shout. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Art Wheeler. Artemis Idioticus. By the way, can I take a shower before we start this? <laughs> I don't think we have any showers here, Art. Can you do something with the heat for Pete's sake? Uh, well, we could turn it up. <laughs> is that what you want? More heat? No, I want you I to... I thought a- you were hot. Actually, I want you to announce what my latest achievement is. I've become the uh, legend of miniature golf. The legend of miniature golf. Does that mean that you're the hole or that you're... <laughs> The course, or that you actually play the sport? Okay, I've been smoking a lot of salmon, so at least in my own mind I am. <laughs> so I don't know what we're going to do here, Art. We've got a whole two hours. Uh, we've got a bunch of really cool musicians coming in, the, yes. some of the who's who of yes. Charlottesville jazz, really. Yes, the cornerstone, John Durth, will be here. Uh, unfortunately, Jeff Decker had an emergency and had to leave town. However, John is supposed to be bringing in a wonderful young lady from VCU who he says is a virtuoso and the jazz tenor. So that's going to be exciting. And uh, the world-class, incomparable Steve Kessler on piano with Pete Spar, the maestro on string bass. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You are normally known as the keyboardist, but you brought a keyboardist in, and, and you're going to be showcasing... A harmonica solo that I wrote that uh, will be in the chromatic style. That is, I'll be playing the Little Walter small diatonic harmonica, but I'll be bending a lot of notes to achieve melodies that one does not normally hear on the small harmonica. Therefore, I will be playing the little harmonica chromatically. You touch all kinds of music throughout your career. The last time you were in, about a year and a half ago, I believe it was, we were showcasing what you had written. Uh, you composed all the music, and I think Paul Reisler was in on the deal of yes. the Aesop's Fables. Yes. Played at Charlottesville High School, but then subsequently there was another gig that happened that I think you should tell folks about here as we start out. That is, it was supposed to have been directed or conducted by the world-class Lauren Mizell of the Newark Philharmonic in his private theater. However, he had an emergency and was called away, if you can believe this, to Iceland, and it must was have been playing Bobby Fischer in chess or something. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> in any case, it was performed by the great Laura Thomas, and uh, wonderfully received. I can't believe uh, some of the critiques I received. Uh, one person actually told me, um, who had no small music stature, that she enjoyed it as much, if not more than, uh, Peter and the Wolf. And of course, I'm an idolater of Prokofiev, and no one will surpass Prokofiev. But he's been a tremendous influence on me, as well as all of the composers, from Marinsky to Zimlinsky. And I don't even know what Prokofiev is. Prokofiev, one of Russia's greatest composers, and one of the greats of the 20th century. Sergei Prokofiev, composer Peter and the Wolf, Ah. as well as many symphonies, piano concertos, etc. We already played ARTSO. Do you want to say anything more about ARTSO? I would. ARTSO is an acronym that represents the five letters that represent the six movements that are required on the piano. That is A for arpeggio, which in Italian means harp. That is, you're playing one note after another in a chord, you're breaking a chord. So A for arpeggio, R for repeated notes, T represents two movements, trills and thirds, S for scales, and over octaves. 
And for the longest time, for many years, as I sought virtuosity, and it remains to be seen whether or not if I've achieved it, as I listened to the maestros, Joseph Levine and Vladimir Horowitz and a legion of other great masters, it finally occurred to me that those were the uh, six movements. So I boiled them down to five letters, and uh, gee whiz, forgive the pun, but it's called Artso. It is my opinion, my strong opinion, after much observation, anyone who plays an instrument that can play two or more notes at a time, harp, piano, guitar, etc., if he or she will take that acronym, ARTSO, and if he or she will do perfect repetition, that one can master the gymnastics of any such instrument. That's the observation I have made over many decades and much reading, and will let the audience decide whether or not it's been working for me. I pulled out a CD here that you gave me a while back, and it includes four tracks that you cut with Johnny Gilmore, who's no longer with us. I loved him. I knew him, uh, gosh, maybe 25 years. We started working together in the Pilgrim Baptist Church. He was an African-American, and I was blessed, if you will, as an Anglo-Saxon, or as I call myself, Afro-Saxon, because apparently all life began in Africa. I was blessed to be playing in a church, and he was on drums, and we worked, gosh, maybe 500 times together doing gigs and church gigs, and he was a great drummer. And one of the original drummers with Carter Buford and the Dave Matthews Band. That's right. Which of these cuts should we play? Why don't you try number two first, which is a swing and gospel tune. Which is one you wrote yourself? Yes. And uh, we named it last night. We did indeed. We are, have named it, Can I Get a Witness? Can I Get a Witness? Help Yourself.
I've got a series of intros. And I don't know how you want to go through this. Do you want to play each little bit, and then do you want to stop at the end of each one and talk about what it was, or intro each one as we go, or how would you like to do I'll this? leave it to you. What I did is assemble an aggregation of songs or excerpts of things that I've recorded that demonstrate seven or eight or nine instruments that I play. Um, I play ten instruments, uh, but over the years I've sought virtuosity on only the piano. But you'll hear me on the steel guitar, the guitar, a kalimba, uh, I'll do a bass solo, piano, organ, harmonica, the chromatic harmonica, the kind that you see Stevie Wonder play, for example, etc. So I'll leave it to you if there's any moment you want to stop and ask anything about it, or you can just let them play continuously. I think it'll be pleasing to the audience. All right, let's move on to this next cut right here. And this is, I think it's a snippet of you doing a Bob Marley tune. I believe I'm playing guitar on this. Here it is. Will job provide the bread? That's Art Wheeler. Yeah, I play guitar. I've never owned a guitar, but I figured it out by watching. And because I developed dexterity in the piano, it was easy to transfer that to the guitar. And when I was in L.A., I was producing a group and writing a little for the group and singing and playing keyboards and such. And so uh, Mike Johnstone was playing the other guitar parts. But I suggested doing a guitar solo in that song, and there it was. And then we're going to move on to something that you... Recorded when you were but 18 years old. Yes, and I want the whole world to hear this. As exuberant as I might currently sound, <laughs> I, I'm telling the truth. Until recently, I'd say in the last five years, until the last five years, I was living what has been called quiet despair. And uh, even though I had a good stick for smiling and saying, hey, how's it going? I always thought that I was vastly inferior and had to practice eight more hours. And I discovered this piece that you're going to play about eight or nine years ago, and I, it started to grab my attention. When I was 18, I thought that I was vastly inferior. I don't want to use the, you know what word, the S word. I thought I, I thought it was terrible. And so I spent the next uh, 41 years <laughs> practicing eight hours a day. And when I hear it now, I go, hey, that's not so bad. That's not so bad. No. Here it is. And this is the Sonata Number no. 1 in C from... Muzio Clemente? Yes, it's an excerpt from Muzio Clemente, who was, Muzio. A, who was a rival of Mozart. And uh, if you read um, uh, about those two pianists, uh, they had uh, several contests, piano playing contests in front of the royalty. And it's reputed that Clemente was a better pianist than Mozart, but Mozart, of course, was the greater composer. But Clemente wrote some great, great uh, piano music and also gave some lessons to Beethoven. Okay, you be the judge. Was art was art inferior at eighteen? <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah, I give you an A. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe even an A plus, especially since you were only eighteen. It's amusing to think of this whole process. That was like what eighty years ago, <laughs> dude. <laughs> leave the comedy to me, will you? <laughs> I'm almost dead. Okay, let now. Hola, a yes. Is this a traditional tune? Uh, this was a tune that we recorded with um, Donnie Gerard, the great singer who had a wonderful hit that we'll probably review later. And uh, I, I'm just calling this the Art Wheeler Band, the L.A. Project. But um, this was done formally by another group. I had never heard the original. But you'll hear me put in a steel guitar solo on this. And uh, it's amazing. You know, it's often said wherever you find genius, you find it surrounded by a confederacy of dunces. Um, for the longest time... <laughs> Ten years ago, I would play this, and people would say, why would you put a steel guitar in this? But I've grown to love it, and I'll let the audience decide whether or not they like it. Why don't we play the whole song, sure. rather than the two different bits that showcase your sure. solos? Great. So I play harmonica and steel guitar, and uh, I think there might be some keyboards in here, and I did some percussion. Here we go. Ooh la hey.
All right, we're back with Art Wheeler. This is Air Steven, and you're listening to WTJU. This is Folk and Beyond, the Beyond Side. Art, we're going to move on on these intros, and next up we're going to hear a bit from the Hare's theme from Aesop's Fables. Now, a lot of people say Aesop. As far as I know, it's pronounced Aesop. Aesop apparently was a slave from Africa in Greece, and because of his genius to tell stories, he was set free. And the Greek word for dark skin or dark face or burnt skin is Aesop. And it's fantastic, as I went through the somewhat 196 to 250 countries, depending on your perspective, I think the United Nations recognizes 192 countries. As I went through the etymologies of each of the countries, I found out that Ethiopia has the darkest complexion, our human beings are the darkest complexion in the world, and they were named after Aesop, Ethiopia, Ethiopia, Ethiopia. And I went, wow, this is fabulous. Maybe we can get a whole fable in here in time, but let's hear this. That was the Hare's theme from uh, The Tortoise and the Hare, which opens the entire Aesop Fables work. It just demonstrates my influence, especially from Shostakovich, who used the diminished scale a lot. I studied a lot of counterpoint, and uh, if one listens to that, you'll hear counterpoint in the orchestra. So that's why I put it on. Wow, what a contrast. Whose guitar is that? That was a guitar solo I did in the style of uh, Carlos Santana. (laughs) Now, I want to say that um, I don't profess virtuosity on any of these other instruments. Um, In other words... I couldn't necessarily improvise right now that solo. I have to sit down and work it out, but I can play them because I know the uh, numbers and harmonies and such, and I have the piano dexterity. This is People Make the World Go Round. Organ solo. This is from the Art Wheeler Project out there in L.A. too. Let's hear it. Thank you, Jimmy Smith. Hmm, ripping art. Thank you, Jimmy Smith, Jack McDuff, Groove Home, Shirley Scott, and so many great jazz organ players who influenced me as a kid. I just copied them all. This next gospel bit, short, but do we hear you on organ, piano, and bass guitar, Robert Joss behind drums? Yes, this is part of a gospel album we did together. I played all the instruments, except Joss was jamming on the drums. <laughs> Get a witness. 
Help yourself. Oh, yeah. And let's perfect the imperfect. Now, this is the C major scale. I harmonized it a thousand different ways. I think we'll hear too. So this is Salah Bach. So it's just do re mi fa so la ti do. 20th century. Do re mi fa so la ti. Yeah. I just uh, got a bug one day. I said, you know, if I really want to know something about this, why don't I why don't I get serious and start harmonizing some of the fundamentals? So I consider the major scale uh, attributed to Pythagoras. Major means great, comes from the same root as magnificent, Mr., Mrs., more, most, majority, mayor, etc. They just considered it great because it had that one, two, three, happy sound. Mm -hmm. All right, attributed to Pythagoras, I said, why don't I see if I can harmonize it in different styles? Since I'd been loving and copying and studying these great composers from Arensky to Zemlinsky, of course, that includes Bach, Chopin, Rachmaninoff, Gershwin, etc., Brahms, Wagner, I said, why don't I try to write some harmonies on just that major scale, see if I can make it into a work. And I learned so much just by doing. Are you a happy scale guy, or do you lean towards the scary scales? <laughs> I do. I mean, you know, in your music. Or... I'll defer to one of the songwriters who said, I wait for the phone to ring. Whatever they need is what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you think that jive will do, this the, is an original tune. It is. I love this. It's written with one of my dearest friends, uh, whom I've known since I was about 14, George Wayne Weeks. It's a Wheel of Weeks song. We did it with the great guitar Slim Jr. from New Orleans and the Memphis Horns. He sings, he plays guitar, the son of the great guitar Slim from New Orleans, who worked with Ray Charles. And I play uh, keyboards and, and wrote much of the song, and my friend Wayne wrote the lyrics, and here it is. <laughs> So I'm taking this time to bring the 
We did that with the Memphis Horns, who played with Carla Thomas, Wilson Pickett, Aretha Franklin. And we did part of it at Sun Studios in Memphis, where Elvis played and Johnny Cash recorded, as well as Jerry Lee Lewis. And I played on the same piano that Jerry Lee Lewis played. No. Oh, yeah. You oh, didn't yeah. meet any young girls. <laughs> no, but talk about ecstasy. That was <laughs> transcendental. <laughs> oh, we're back to Aesop's Fable. We are. The Boy Who Cried Wolf. And this demonstrates uh, my love for orchestration as well as classical writing. Must be chasing through the woods here. That's it. Whacking down the Favaris now. Whack, 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 whack. Next up, this must be a precursor to what you're going to do here a little later. And that's play the... Well, no, this is a chromatic harmonica. You're going to be playing a diatonic harmonica. Yeah, quick explanation. For most people who don't know, maybe you've seen Stevie Wonder, who is a great, 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 great American artist. And he plays the harmonica. You might have noticed that with his right hand, he's pushing a little button. That gives him all of the notes. 
the harmonic I'm playing gives you only some of the notes, but I'm going to bend those notes in order that I can get all of the notes that I want. So we're going to hear a chromatic or Stevie Wonder-like harmonica solo. That's Now, later live, we're going to be working with the Polyphony Epiphany, I believe. Yes, that's a book I wrote about five years ago, six years ago, that has 1,107 modulations. Now, why did you stop at 1,107? <laughs> why not 1,108 or 999? Or Okay, I'm compulsive obsessive. No, I was just inspired, and um, I had been playing in the African-American church, went to Los Angeles, and was knocked out by the modern harmonies that were being used there. I had been playing old school, Ray Charles-like. And when I got there, I went, wow, wow, I better get busy getting some more modern sounds. So when I came back, I said, I need to have five ways in my vocabulary to go from C to A minor, or for musicians who know the arithmetic from one to six. So when I got to five, I said, why don't I do six? And I went, okay, yeah, I should round it off at 10. Well, I understand that, but then you stopped, <laughs> you picked 1,107. Well, I just said after 1,000, okay, I'll do 1,001. And that'll sound cool. And then I just kept going. And actually, I met a fabulous lady, and she inspired me to go to 1,107. All right. <laughs> and let's hear a couple of those right now. So this transition here, that, and four, and one. So I took this song, Georgia. The first measure is four counts. Two, three, This is the second four. one. Second one, 12 tone. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Very modern. Inspired by Schoenberg, the great twelve-tone composer. And later, we're actually going to do a little bit of the recorded, and then Mr. Kessler on the keyboard that you brought in. Yes, is going to be doing improvised. I thought it would be a great demonstration of uh, two different points of view if we took the song Georgia, and Steve will play the first measure of Georgia. Two, three, four, and then I'll answer it from my recording with any of the 1,107 to see if it sounds musical and logical. Because it's that movement, the second measure of Georgia, that goes to the sixth chord, if you will. That's a movement that's in uh, almost every song ever written. Yeah, well, he'll, he'll need to have headphones so he can hear the other the yeah. recording. Yeah, it'll be great fun to hear that. That'll be fun. Vacillation. And Robert Joss. Yes. It's his tune with you on, I don't know, it says Mike Brecker. Mike Brecker. Mike Brecker. Perhaps on any given day, I say one of, if not the most influential jazz tenor players since John Coltrane. And he's the greatest name. Uh, Mike Brecker was a hero for me as a kid. He was in the Brecker Brothers. And all of a sudden, Joss one day says, Art, I want you to play piano on this Mike Brecker tune. I went, What? So Mike is really playing outside, and uh, I just tried to compliment him, so we'll hear a fraction of that. Mm -hmm. 
And next up, this is from the history of piano jazz and the 12-bar blues. Yes. I wrote a history from 1711 to 2011. Of course, we don't have any recorded music before the 20th century. So it's my guess, if you will, and after reading much and playing for 27, 28 years in the African-American church, it's my strongest uh, observation and guess that um, we have these folks from Africa living in America, and they bring in a minor pentatonic scale, and they start singing, moaning, and using it in work songs and in church songs. Let's start with the moaning as opposed to the boogie-woogie. Okay, I... Go back to the beginning. Okay, I recorded the moaning as I would imagine it might have sounded two or three hundred years ago. Part of that progression is, uh, I don't know, what year do you think this might have been when we go to Art Tatum? Oh, this could be 1938, 39, And 40. this isn't Art Tatum, this is you, but you're, you're, you're writing this in the style that Art Tatum would have played. Yes, let me say that the moaning that we just heard yeah. gave way, in my strongest opinion, to blues, rhythm and blues, soul music, gospel music, and jazz. That Those five notes give way to all that we now hear. So now we're going to hear quite a development of evolution, evolution that is, uh, in, in, a, in a blues that I wrote in the style of Artatum. In the pentatonic scale, does that go through all of the blues that you're talking about now? Well, penta means five. Right. So uh, every country in the world has at least one pentatonic scale. This one is minor. It goes one, flat three, four, five, flat seven. So you hear people moaning, hmm. That kind of phenomenon, melodic phenomenon, is the genesis, the beginning of American music. All right, 1938, Art Tatum. It's hard for these to end. Okay, Boogie Woogie from Pete Johnson. The beginning of rock and roll. Okay, 
There we touched a little bit on the history of the blues, another project that Art has going. And, and you've got several different CDs now that are either on the way out, or and you've got a site, artwheeler.bandcamp.com. Correct. And I'm very humbled, proud, happy to say that I now have achieved 12 albums, and they represent a wide variety of music from classical to pop and blues and jazz and so on. And again, it's the beginning of um, a dream, and that is to have a show that would travel the world. And the message is, as simplistic as it sounds, it's simply profound. It's just us. It's just us. And I want to raise money and help Operation Smile. I want to bring great attention tonight that soon I'll be starting a show with a host of musicians. We'll be playing music from Afghanistan to Zimbabwe. The show will be called It's Just Us. It's Justice. And I want to raise a lot of money for the organization called Operation Smile, which is a group of wonderful physicians who travel the world, healing children who are born with facial deformities. And as I understand it, typically they can heal a child for $240 in about 51 minutes. And when I saw an advertisement for that a few months ago, I just said, I want to devote my life to raising money for this. In some ethnicities around the world, there are those who feel that a child born with that kind of deformity is not good, so they make the child wear a bag on his or her head. I have to do something about this, and today is the beginning. So it would be my dream that people around the planet are hearing this pronouncement, that I really want to help and raise money for that. All right. There was a time, I don't know how many years ago now, I remember seeing the movie. The movie was called Blue Sky. Yes. The lady who King Kong captured at the top, uh, took to the top of the Empire State Building was in it. Jessica Lang. Yeah. When she lived here. She did indeed with Sam Shepard. And long story short, I got a little gig to rehearse with her. Then the next thing I know, they said, hey, would you like to come down to Selma, Alabama, where they were doing the film? And then they said, would you like to be in the film? I said, oh, let me think about that. And before I knew it, I got to do some singing, harmonica playing, a little writing, a little speaking part, and played the clarinet, as well as a little guitar. Let's hear a little uh, excerpt from it. Clarinet. All right, now we'll see who's hot and who's not. Play a small bop, Pop. The kooky thing is, I was down there and got a call, and it's sort of an emergency call in Selma, and I was at a hotel, and the director said, oh my gosh, the clarinet player can't make it today. Do you play clarinet? And I said, I do today. So they brought me a clarinet, and I just fiddled with it a little while and worked at that melody. All right, one of the other projects you got going on, and this was because you had an injury in your right hand. Uh, yeah, a little thing called focal dystonia that is improving. And uh, what, what was that called again? Focal Dystonia, which is a polysyllabic Latinate way of saying you have bad tone, you try to focus, focal dystonia. It's the result, guess what, of overuse. I've been practicing practicing too much. (laughs) Yes. But uh, apparently Botox uh, is the cure, and it's working slowly. So I'll be back playing uh, live soon. But I've been devoting myself for the last five or six years to the left hand, and I have a left hand album. So these compositions now, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to play one off of it called Do Right, Go Left. Yes. And this is uh, 
Lift the Laggard Left, Piano for the Left Hand. Yeah, that's the name of the album. And this is a blues I wrote, and it's left hand only, as well as when we heard Artso, that was only the left hand. So I've been very inspired to become ambidextrous, if you will, learning to write simultaneously with both hands. Here you go, from Art Wheeler. Do right, go left. All left hand. The left hand only yes. of Art Wheeler. Do right, go left. And I hope that also inspires folks who are dealing with a difficulty. No matter what it is, as easy it is to say, 
There are ways, there are solutions that can be found. And in my opinion, it takes both the intellect and, in my opinion, ask. Go quietly and ask. And as I did that, some tremendous miracles resulted for me. And I couldn't be more inspired every time I hear it. I never dreamed in my life that I would ever have that much dexterity in my left hand. Never even planned on doing it. I just kept practicing every day. And when this condition occurred, which is passing, I was just inspired to do that. And I went, wow. I never even, never even dreamed of it. Quite amazing. Art Wheeler right here on Folk and Beyond. We're a little bit before the top of the hour at 6. You're listening to The Sound Choice in Central Virginia, WTJU Charlottesville. I'm Air Stephen. My special guest, Art Wheeler, is we're going to be joining John De Earth and Pete Sparr and Steve Kessler and a saxophonist that I don't know the name of, so they're going to have to introduce her to us. We will have to learn her name because John said she is amazing. And you trust John. <laughs> He's not a pillar of Charlottesville. He's the cornerstone of Charlottesvillean music. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go back in time as Art will leave the air studio here at WTJU and, and head into the live studio for some live music coming up next. Yes. Uh, back in 1970, there was a great big hit. It's called Wildflower. It yeah. was a, a. I think around 74, 75. And this singer is named Donnie Gerard. I believe he's one of the great singers of the 20th century. He had one hit. That's why a lot of people don't know his name, but he's a phenomenon and a great guy. And this was the singer and band I was asked to work with and produce. And this so is forth. in the 90s now. This was about 1999, 2000. Uh-huh. This is a remake of his original hit, but we redid it precisely like the original. And you're playing on the piano. Yeah, but I love this song always. Here's Wildflower. And then we're going to be moving to some live music. I think, unless we're not ready, we'll play another recording here. But Art's headed into the other live studio here at WTJU. And many times her eyes fought back the tears And when her youthful world was about to fall in Each time her slender shoulders bore the weight of all her fears And a sorrow no one hears Signs in her ears Let her cry For she's a lady Let her dream For she's a child Let the rain fall down Upon her She's a free I should hold her Let me hold her for a time And if allowed but one possession I would pick her from a garden To be mine 
touch her For she'll awaken And sleep's the only freedom That she knows And when you walk into her eyes You won't believe The way she's always paying For a debt she never owes And a silent wind still blows That only she can hear And so she goes Let her cry For she's a They're still warming up just a little bit to get all the things in line for you to hear. They covered on this same L.A. project one of my favorite tunes I love to play, and it's one written by Sonny Landreth. Here is their version, Congo Square, from the Art Wheeler Project.
a Sunny Landreth tune from the L.A. Project. Congo Square, one of the most covered tunes from New Orleans, the New Orleans Anthem. A lot of people attribute that to the Neville Brothers, but that's just one that they covered. All right, in the live studio, we have Steve Kessler, John Durth, Pete Sparr, Susie Fisher to play some sax, alto sax. I'm going to let Art introduce the song because, you know, this is supposed to be a world-class harmonica <laughs> solo, and, you know, we advertised it that way, and that, that you're going to be hearing something on a harmonica you've never heard before that will approach all boundaries of musicality, that will push the limits, the envelopes into outer... Well, you tell them, Art. Are you introducing Tony Danza? What's happening here? <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to play the little harp that you normally associate with, let's say, like a Beatle tune. Or you hear that with Beatle songs and uh, also uh, the great blues players, little Walter and so forth. They played the small little harmonica. And it wasn't invented to play melodies like... It was invented largely to play chords. And when you hear the earliest harmonica players on record, they're usually like imitating trains. That kind of thing. And then uh, the genius, uh, especially of uh, African-American players, uh, taught us how to play. You can play that thing. That kind of thing. And so uh, what I tried to do is to see if I can play notes other than your standard blues notes, to see if I could play jazz notes. In other words, I'll bend it instead of playing. I'll go. So I'm going to try to play like they're playing on the alto or John is playing or Steve is playing on the piano or et cetera, playing and, chromatically. And, and this is going to be like a 20-minute jam? I don't think it'll go that long. Uh-huh. My clothes will go out of style. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna let. We're just gonna improvise and see what happens. All right, here and, you have it. And I'll try to invoke a little bit of everybody, including Butterfield. Okay. And we'll do it a nice slow tempo, lady and gentlemen. Two, three, four. <laughs>
Bravo, Jackson. Yeah. Yo, y'all. A John. poor workman blames his tools, but I got a little spittle call up here in the high notes, but all is well that ends well. That's what improvisation is. And you know, I love the etymology of improvise. Are you ready for this one? The vise means to see. The im means not. The pro means forward. Not forward seen. And the metaphor is you're prepared for the unforeseen. I love that etymology. Oh, try to cheer down, will you? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Art Wheeler. Thank you. Now that we have all these great musicians in the studio, I was curious as to how John DeEarth ran into Art Wheeler. 
and oh. uh, where that relationship started, and if you can tell us. Was it Tracks? No, you were playing out at, was it Castle Hill? No, but the first time we talked. Oh, uh, yes, it was at Tracks. It was at Tracks. I stumbled into Tracks, and I just heard this outrageous transcendental music, and I looked up, and not only were they playing transcendentally, they looked happy. <laughs> yeah. There was a reason for that. And that well, just, uh, <laughs> come on, you're smoking salmon. I understand that. In any case, a little ginger beer. Uh, in any case, they looked very happy. And I didn't normally, uh, the stereotype was I, I wasn't used to looking at jazz musicians who were happy. And I was immediately caught visually and sonically. And I just stood up front and stared at them. And Joss, who was the drummer, had a great demeanor. And he immediately arrested my attention. And we started an immediate conversation talking about... Wayne Shorter. We talked about speak no evil. Speak no evil. I'll say, let me interrupt you here, because which is hard to do, but I'm going <laughs> to just tell you, you know, I got to ask on this radio station, I got to ask Joe Henderson a question once, and I said, wow. "What was it? talk about Kenny Dorham?" And he said, "When I met Kenny Dorham, I knew I had met a friend. That's how I felt when I met Art Wheeler." And we talked about a lot of different kinds of music, and we just agreed about everything. It was yes. quite a thrilling conversation. It was, and we decided that, uh, although this is a parlor game, Kind of Blue was often reasoned as the most popular jazz album. We talked about how there were many albums like that. Yes. And we started ticking off the albums, and that's what we were... And then when we said Speak No Evil by Wayne Shorter... Speak No Evil, The Bridge, we mentioned. Oh, my gosh. Rollins. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, on any given day, I think that's... The, if I had to send music to outer space, I could send Speak No Evil as a representation sure. by Wayne. Unbelievable. So would you all now like... Agree. Yes, thank you. I, I wanted would, to ask a, a couple more there. Sure. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind asking the same thing of Pete Sparr. How we met? Okay. Yeah. Oh, this is fabulous. And I'm asking Pete now, Art. <laughs> okay. Well, this goes back. This is a little bit of, of Charlottesville music history. Art and I first met at a rehearsal for a band that not too many of your listeners probably still remember called The Sitting Ducks. Yep. And Art was our new keyboard player. And it was a great time we had for about two months. And we left Art sitting at White's truck stop pretty much with his face and a plate of cream chip beef on toast. <laughs> <laughs> he made it back somehow, but uh, I, he, we never performed again uh, as sitting ducks together. But we've performed uh, a few times since then. Right. And we, we definitely hit it off. Yes. And have been the greatest friends. I don't know that we've got a mic for... Mr. Kessler there. Do you want to share with us how Art, Art just spoke so highly of Steve. It was truly amazing. Art claims Steve Kessler is a better piano player than Art Wheeler, and I never hear him say well, well, that. Art says a lot of things, but, <clears throat> you know, actually I was, uh, Art replaced me with the sitting ducks in that rehearsal. But I, I, think I'll let, uh, I think I'll let Art explain. <laughs> he has a better memory than I do for these things. All right. I was 14 years old in a band, and I went to the Jolly Roger in Norfolk. And that was a little popular place at the time. A lot of sailors would go there to drink, and somehow I managed to squeeze my way in there under age. And Steve was in a band, was it called Spice? Yes, Culture And uh, he, he was 14, and he was playing keyboard. And I was fiddling with the keyboard at the time, but certainly didn't have any, uh, any significant uh, dexterity or knowledge. In any case, Steve was playing at an incredible, legitimate, virtuosic level. And I don't mean for being 14. I mean it was real music. And I was so overwhelmed and so knocked out. And I mean the, every word of this. I'm not exaggerating wit. That I was truly inspired. When people talk about the muses speaking to them and, and having a voice inside, I was spoken to. And I went home and I started then to practice. And 
I didn't see Steve for a long time, but once in a while I would hear his name because I was living in Charlottesville and he was living in Richmond. I would just keep hearing the name once in a while, and it just kept inspiring me to copy, 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 copy Oscar Peterson, copy Chikoria, copy Art Tatum, etc. And then I heard him play at, uh, was it the Bearded Brothers, Steve? Bearded Brothers in Richmond. And uh, again, I was overwhelmed with his improvisational skills, just to play freely anything. And I went home and I just kept practicing. He was a true hero. I'm not exaggerating a whit. Then John, some years ago, was looking for a pianist. This is many years ago. And he was asking me maybe if I would be interested in joining the group. And I said, no, I knew the guy you need to get. And that was Steve Kessler. And Steve started working with him for a long time. And all I want to say is he inspired me to be where I am right now without question. Awesome. Just, nice. It's the truth. Just an awesome group of musicians here. And, and I'd love to hear you play something live that you may have planned or you may not have planned. But, you know, with the improv that you guys can do, I think you guys could pull off anything. Okay. Sure. Do <laughs> I'd love to have you do it with us. Is there any way? Bye bye, Blackbird. No, do it with you. Oh, you mean piano? No, no, no. On harp. No, you play piano. Okay. Okay. Beautiful love? Yeah, yeah. Good to be. All right. Okay. Uh, you know, we have a. You're listening to the Sound Choice in Central Virginia, WTJU Charlottesville. I'm probably talking really loud. Hey, do you want to start it, Steve? Just start. Let the bass start. Yeah. Why don't we start together? All right, we'll start together. Okay, here we go. Blackbird. No, no, Beautiful Love. Oh, okay, no wonder. You want to start it? You want to start it? Okay. Let's do play the same tune. Just set us up.
amazing stuff right here in the WTJU live studio. Steve Kessler, John Durth, Pete Spar, and Susie Fisher right here on The Sound Choice. We're back live in the air studio right now. We've got Art sitting down as they're breaking up. Now, Steve Kessler's going to come back on and do us a little uh, amazing show of virtuosity as we go into a little bit of the polyphony epiphany. But before that, did you have something you wanted to say about tonight at Miller's? Real yes, quick, Art? John Durth with his sextet is playing tonight with Susie Fisher on alto and J.C. Cool. What a, Ooh, I love JC. What a fabulous surname. He's playing on tenor, so oh. it should be a great group, and Pete Spar will be there as well at Miller's tonight. Some of those in the early days of Folk and Beyond remember JC from Agents of Good Roots, a band that was, you know, too smart. Yep. Their, their music was just too smart. People, yep. people couldn't do it in the masses. Exactly. So, Art, we're going to go here into one of the Aesop's fables, and I've got queued up the goose that laid the golden egg. But would you tell us real briefly before we go into this, you did the composition, Paul Reisler and Tom Paxton did the narration on the piece that was performed, or but you do the narration and... I do the narration. You tell us on what this... They wrote the, I call it the libretto, they wrote the words, and uh, we did this initially as a... um, just a forerunner, so I decided I would try to be all the cartoon characters that I inherited as a kid. So I give it <laughs> and <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> you can do everything, Art Wheeler. <laughs> well, I watched a lot of TV and a lot of cartoons. So here's from the cartoon brain of Art Wheeler. <laughs> we have the goose that laid the golden egg as we get ready for our climax, Georgia. Yes. All right, here we go. The goose that laid the golden egg. Just about time now, my Zeus, making my fortune from my goose. How do you like it? Is it nice? Oh, what a pity that it can't be twice. What a pity that it can't be twice. Like it, I love it, but never think you're done. I'm going to make my fortune, Goose. Now lay another one. Once a day, a golden egg I'll lay, and it's all for you, my master, but it's only once a day, once a day. One a day. Huh. One a day. What's this foolish thing you say? Now you admit that I'm your master. Now I command you to work faster. One a day. What's this crazy thing you say? If you don't get busy trying, you might find that you are dying. One a day. That's the only way I pay. And if you get 
can't wait till tomorrow. I see nothing then but sorrow. Listen there, Goosey. You'd better agree those golden eggs belong to me. Now let's see what you've been hiding in there. The goose that laid the golden egg from Aesop's fables. All right, Art, next up, we're going to do this cool thing. This is a lady that was your, a young lady. I think she's 11 years old in this forthcoming performance. Sam Scott, Samantha Scott. How old is she now? 12 or 13. Oh, so this is recent. A uh, year ago. what I'm trying to year, like you're not 18 on the recording. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, no, this was, uh, I think, a little more than a year ago at Old Cabell Hall. I was asked to accompany the women's choir in a tune and then do three numbers, I believe it was, with the young, precocious Samantha Scott. Okay, and this is the... We're going to lead into the polyphony epiphany with this. This is... She's singing... Georgia. And then what we're going to do here is... Art's got some of the 1,107 variations from C to A minor that comes from this tune. Right. And after we hear Samantha Scott do her version of Georgia... With my accompaniment. With Art's accompaniment. Right. We're going to go to kind of a live and recorded thing where we're going to play one of Art's two measure... Well, Steve will play... This is how it works. I chose the song Georgia because it uses this movement, but this movement is in most tunes. Okay, so Steve will play the first measure of Georgia, two, three... Four, then the next measure, Georgia, two, three, four. That will be one of my um, extracts from the Polyphony Epiphany. So he's going to make up he's five, ten. He's going to alternate ten, improv. Yeah, he's going li- to improvise live, five, 15, 20, however much time we have. He's going to improvise that first measure, however he wants to play it, C, for one measure. Then we'll follow it up with one of mine to see if it works, how musical, logical, and exciting it might be to have two pianists do it from two different perspectives. I hope your recording's in tune. (laughs) Leave the comedy to me, we, for Pete's sake. All right, and then we're going to leave some room for him at the end to play it all. Yes, I wanted to let him climax the show uh, since he inspired me to be here where I am today, and I really mean that heartfully and intellectually. 
I'd like for him to play his version from beginning to end. And here's Sam Scott. At Old Cabell Hall. Thank you. 
their life. As he plays all 88 keys at once. And now live, Mr. Steve Kessler.
Steve Kessler performing Hoagie Carmichael's Georgia. Thanks so much to all the musicians. Steve Kessler, Art Wheeler, the incomparable Art Wheeler, Pete Spar, John Durth, and Susie Fisher. You've been listening to Folk and Beyond. I'm Air Steven. I'll be back next week. And until then, you're just going to have to keep rocking that boat without me. The Charlottesville Enigma, Art Wheeler. Folk and Beyond with Air Stephen for a journey into contemporary folk music from all over the planet.